Got the Merle Haggard blues today I write songs when I feel this way I grab my guitar and I play I got the Merle Haggard blues today A spooky welcome to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. Those awesome tunes are courtesy, of course, of the lovely Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. Now, besides reading, researching, and investigating the paranormal, I absolutely love and adore hearing about other people's experiences, who or what they've encountered. I had known before even starting my first book that I wanted to have a chapter dedicated to others' encounters, experiences, and investigations. So when I started writing Paranormal Prowlers, I'm Always With You, I did just that, saving a chapter for others. You see, for people like me, a person passionate about the paranormal and supernatural, it's easy for me to share and talk about all my encounters and experiences and what have you. I can talk about it all day, but for some... It's a difficult thing to open up about. I've had some people admit to me that they had the weirdest things happen to them, things that they can just simply not explain, but were scared to tell others in fear that they may be laughed at, teased, perhaps be treated as if they should be thrown in a lunatic asylum. I feel honored when people confide in me, the strange happenings that occur in their lives. Each case is different. Some of them eerie, others heartwarming. I thought I'd share some of the stories and events that were shared with me. So what you'll hear now is the incredible incidents that occurred in these people's lives told to me by them. And it's a privilege to read those words to you right now. The first story I'll share was told to me by my aunt. In the book, she asked to be called Mary Bird, so that's what I'll refer to her as now. My aunt has had many odd things happen to her throughout her life. In fact, the one that would wow me the most was about a self-transforming witch who would change into animals. I won't share that one today, as I already did back in Halloween. So, if you haven't heard that one, please go back and listen to it now. It's titled The Transforming Witch, and it was actually part of a segment I did for my good dear friends, Jerry and Tracy Polly, who have the phenomenal podcast, Hillbilly Horror Stories. I meant to put the whole episode up, but unfortunately it was so long, and after several attempts of trying and failing, I finally stopped trying. But no fear, you could go and listen to the full episode at Hillbilly Horror Stories right now. If you hear the Halloween snippet, this is from the same aunt. My friend Cheryl and I were planning on going to a mutual friend of ours in center. Cheryl was supposed to come and pick me up, and we were supposed to go to Monta Vista to center together. Well, our friend Larry had come over to my house, and we were talking, and so anyhow, after talking, he decided that he wanted to come along with us. So, then Cheryl calls me up and says, hey, you actually need to come and pick me up. I need to leave my car here with my mom. And I say, okay, not a problem. So, Larry and I, we get ready and leave and go to the small town of Del Norte. In addition to this, Cheryl also asked me to bring my black skirt that I always liked. And the blast went along with it. 
When I asked her why, she said, girl, because I want to wear it. So I bring it to her and her mom looks at her and says, so are you coming home tonight? Cheryl responds saying, I don't know. It depends on how deep the waters are. Larry and I, we just kind of look at each other confused like, um, okay. So her mom looks at her and says, I'm not joking. Are you coming home tonight so I can leave the light on and unlock the door? Cheryl turns around, looks at her mom and says, depends on what train gets in the way. What the hell is going on? She looks at us and says, let's go. Her mom, who is now getting very impatient, repeats herself more sternly. Are you coming home tonight or are you staying at Miss Mary Bird's? Cheryl says, no, I am not coming home. She said it just so matter-of-factly. Her tone of voice just changed. Her mom looked at her and said, well, you don't need to be so nasty. I was just asking you. So we leave it at that and head to the bar. You know me, I don't drink at all. She was adamant. She bought everybody a beer. She was adamant that I was going to drink a beer that night with her. And I said, no, I don't drink. She said, oh, you are tonight. I look at the bartender, ask him for a Coke. Cheryl hands me the beer and she takes away my Coke. She says, you are going to drink. I just looked at Larry. He says, put that drink down and let's go dance. He puts his beer down that she gave him and we go and dance. When we came back, all the beer was gone. She drank it all. She was drinking like a fish out of water that night. We'd been there for a couple of hours. Suddenly, she got a wild hair up her ass. She wanted to leave the bar and go to the dance that they were having in Monta Vista. So, we get ready to leave, and Larry starts to get into my car. Cheryl grabs him and says, Oh, no way, you're not going with us. She points and says, You, you're going over there with them. Everything was just happening so fast and it was just so weird. So I looked at Larry and said, don't argue with her. Just go with Marcy and them in the other car, I suppose. So he went with them into the other car while looking at me, giving me a strange, nervous look. I start driving. We got to Highway 112 and I turned my signal light on to turn right to go down Highway 285. Cheryl is super persistent and says, no, we need to go the other way through 3 East. So we start going three east, and as we are going, Marcy and Larry passed us up. I was good with that. I mean, I didn't have a problem with that. When we got to four north, she tells me, you better pass them because Marcy is going to miss that turn. So I start passing her up, and right as I start to get into my lane, I turned on the bright lights, and there were black cows standing in the road. I tried to swerve to avoid hitting them, and I hit the black cow that was in the middle of the road. I felt something hit me in the head, and I remember myself saying, Oh, dear Lord, help me. You know when you pick up a baby, you scoop them up? I felt something scoop me up at the same time. I can see my seatbelt lifting, and I knew it was locked. I can see the seatbelt, then next thing I know, I was rolling on the pavement. I know people may think I'm crazy and stuff, but I had an out-of-body experience. I was dead. It was a pitch-black night. No stars, no moon, no nothing. I was seeing that everything was like early morning, like it's just starting to get a little light. I could see where my car was at. I could see where Cheryl's body was at. 
I could see myself just floating away. I could see where my kids were. I could see my grandparents and my mom and my dad. They were all sleeping in their beds. Then I remember going back and I was watching my body. I was watching Larry. He was shaking me. It was such a peaceful, no pain feeling. I just wanted to keep going. So I was seeing Larry. He was slapping me and yelling at me. And the next thing I knew, I was in the most horrific pain that I'd ever felt. After this, I believe in it now. It was a true eye-opener. I never drank. I knew it was an eye-opener to me because of the way Cheryl was acting. She knew she was going to die. She knew because she kept saying to her mom things like, I'm not coming home. It depends on what gets in the way. The water is too deep. The train. It ended up being a cow that got in the way. And she knew. Some people know stuff. Premonitions. Cheryl was having that bizarre behavior. People react in different ways. I reacted by staying calm with her. Anybody else might have argued with her at any time, but it totally took me back because I had never seen her act this way before. Talking to us that way, nothing. I was completely shocked. So when she first told me this harrowing experience, it really did just chill me to the bone. She had known Cheryl for so many years. They were very close. They knew each other like best friends did. Their quirks, their likes, their dislikes, and so on. But something that night was off, you guys, way off. It's as if Cheryl knew in her heart of hearts that she would not live to see the next sunrise. But why so cryptic? And the fact that my aunt could have died? Shit, she almost died. She did die. And she was brought back. That chills me to the bone to this very, very day. And I'm so grateful that she's still around. My aunt Mary Bird lost a lot that day. She lost a dear friend. Her life cut short. May sweet Cheryl rest in peace and be in a better place now. The places mentioned earlier, like Del Norte, Monte Vista, and Center, they're all located in Colorado, not too far from the New Mexico border. They are all tiny, wonderful mountain towns, not too far from one another. Next up comes from another family member, my sweet Aunt MJ. Her and my sister are taking a drive when something unexpected and all too exciting happens. So last weekend, there was an annual festival, Territory Days, that takes place in old Colorado City near Manitou Springs. I asked your sister Casey if she wanted to go with me this year, and she said yes. So we're driving on Interstate I-25 from Pueblo heading towards Manitou. We were talking about my mother, your grandma, We're having all these great memories, then we listen to music, and we're both really quiet. Then I looked through the corner of my eye, and Casey turned into Grandma. For about half a second, Grandma was there. I just saw it through my peripheral vision, but I know what I saw. She was there. I excitedly told Casey, oh my god, Grandma was right there, right here. It was absolutely so cool. This was the last day of May, I believe. So after this happened, it was about a week later, Casey, my aunt, and myself met up for lunch at some Mexican joint. Yummy, yummy, chili. And they told me about the heartwarming incident. You know, it was just so cool seeing the smiles in their faces and the love in their voices as they relived the grandmother slash mother encounter. 
it's beautiful. And I love when we get confirmation like that from a loved one that is no longer physically on earth. They are very precious moments and rare moments. And we got to hold on to them, treat them like gold because that's what they are. Next up is from my friend Sheila. I met her while in the sweet town in Jerome, Arizona, a town that I've really grown to love. Her and I investigated a store she used to have in town. And boy, this is for a future episode all alone. That investigation has so much happened. Sheila and I shared encounters of the unknown with one another that night. And I was amazed at just how much this woman had dealt with. I'll read one of those encounters right now. When I was a child, my family had decided to move to California. Our grandparents warned us that there was a suicide in that house, in the home we were moving into, in the bedroom. They would sometimes hear unexplained knocks in the house. Well, the first night I was there, I wake up in the middle of the night and I was pressed against the wall. A spirit voice told me at a very young age, at 11, The two spirits you brought with you have lesser power than him. He's going to send them back to where they came from. His words actually were, to whence they came. The bottom part of the bunk bed started to swirl, and with this orange, colorful mist, I saw these two figures that have plagued me every night for several years. A very skinny man, a black shadow man, and a very fat puffy man, similar to Ghostbusters. But at the time, that movie wasn't even out yet. They would come to my face, back and forth at night, making my lower jaw hurt. Ever since that one spirit cast those spirits to whence they came, I was never plagued by them again. My teeth never hurt again. That spirit really helped me. That house in California... I saw a pillar of fire. It was from the floor to the ceiling. It was crackling like fire, and it moved around the whole room. It eventually moved into the dining room and went to the ceiling, then went away. It was very electric. The same spirit, I don't know if it was the spirit of something else in that home, showed me in a dream what the other side looked like. I saw creatures of all different shapes and sizes, good and bad. Some aggressive, some were hiding, putting fear into me. I was shown these creatures, which is quite odd because it was showing me the other side of the veil. I can't explain it. I myself can sympathize with Sheila. You know, I've been there living in a haunted location. But unlike her, I've been really lucky and to date have not dealt with negative spirits inside my home. Besides when I had my attachment, of course. Next up is an encounter my sweet cousin Rosalie shared with me. Now this takes place in a very known haunted hotel nestled in the mountains of Estes Park, Colorado, the Stanley Hotel. What she saw and heard that night will stay with Rosalie forever. Here's an experience from the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. Nick, my grandson, had just gotten his driver's license. This was back in 2007. He had wanted to go to the Stanley Hotel so badly, he loved it because he heard it was haunted. So, he convinced his sister and myself to go. The three of us drove up there, and we had a king bed. We all shared this big bed. 
We were supposed to be in the most haunted room in that hotel. I was sleeping closest to the door. My granddaughter, Maggie, was in the middle, Nick on the other side. Every time there was a noise, they would say, Mima! Every time they'd say that, I would jump out of bed, go to the door, look in the people. I had to have done this, I don't know, literally 20 times. Jump out of that bed and run. They wouldn't do it, so they always made me do it. So, all of a sudden, we hear this little girl singing London Bridges. I go to the peephole and, oh, Tessa, I don't care if people think I'm crazy or what. I saw a little girl. She was about 12 years old. She had sort of auburn, reddish, brownish hair with a big braid. Like with people that have curly hair, it kind of sticks out from the braid a little bit. She had a green puff sleeve blouse on with a little jumper. She was skipping past our room. I told Nick and Maggie what I saw. Nick, he immediately jumps out of bed. I opened the door and she was gone. There were some people down in the hallway. Nick went down the hallway and asked the people if they'd seen a little girl. They said, no, no, we haven't. I don't like to tell this to anybody because they don't believe me. I know what I saw. Nobody can take that away from me. It was amazing. Well, Maggie, she starts to cry. She was hysterical at this point, just wanting to go home. I had to convince her, honey, let's stay. We were in a room that had an enclosed room and the windows rattled all night long. I kept getting up and it scared little Maggie. There was no wind, no wind whatsoever. I wrote all of these experiences down, the experiences from that night at the Stanley Hotel. I've been back there one time and they have since remodeled that room. It's not the same. When we were there in 2007, we were able to creep around in the dark You go there now, you can't do that anymore. It's just not the same. This is so amazing to me. The spirit of a child forever skipping down the halls of the Stanley, singing her little heart out. My cousin, who's near and dear to me, can still see that little girl to this day. Just all the details, what she was wearing, her face, just everything. And to me, that's really special. And I hope this little spirit of a girl, I hope she's at peace. I mean, she seems happy, just singing and skipping and whatever and why not at a historic hotel the next encounter i want to share comes from a friend of mine dj jc he is actually the man who introduced me to the radio world it is because of him that i had the wonderful opportunity to actually have a show for over two years we had become friends and even investigated haunted locations throughout pueblo as well What I'm going to read now is something that my friend witnessed as a child that, like my cousin, will stay with him for the rest of his life, I'm sure. I was a preteen, and there was a spectacular show on Christmas Eve. Nonetheless, I was always there because my father, prior to his passing, was a preacher. A preacher was his true calling. The man came into the church through the main entrance on 4th Street. Nobody really noticed as he came in. Partway through the sermon, though, which was a guest sermon, revival sermon as they called them, he began to make his way down the center aisle. He was kind of dancing and shimmying. That kind of behavior wasn't completely off, though, because it was a Pentecostal church, Holy Spirit, and... 
such a normal occurrence until he reached the pulpit where he began hammering it with his fists and yelling obscenities at the guest pastor, at which point the very small crowd of regulars began to chant something to the effect of the blood of Christ, etc. At which point the yelling went from English obscenities to a live banter in a foreign language between the two men, which included oil being splashed on the possessed gentleman. When this happened, he ended up writhing on the floor screaming in pain, saying that he was burning as a white foam began to merge from his mouth. I believe I will always remember the towel that was used to clean it from him and on the floor, which was white and with a blue little cross pattern, perhaps mostly because they kept the towel on a table in the basement and I had to pass it weekly to use the restroom. I am pretty sure they washed it, but that thing still frightened me. To this day, it still creeps me out going down there. How creepy, you know, you're just a child, a young child, and you witness something like that. I'm sure he didn't even know what an exorcism or exorcist was back then. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But still, it's probably something that will stay with you. You know, I mean, you're yelling obscenities, you're, you know, speaking in tongues, white foam is coming down your mouth, and then you just like fall over and start shaking and creepy stuff, creepy stuff for sure. Next, I want to share something that was actually shared many years ago on national TV. This is my friend Ken's encounter. I spoke on national TV about a strange orange orb that I saw by Indian Head Peak, just northwest of Del Norte. This was many, many years ago. It was at night, and it was clearly not a plane. It wasn't a helicopter. It wasn't a meteorite or natural phenomena. There is an Indian burial ground there, so it could have been a spirit light. A friend who I hadn't seen in 30 years saw me on TV. He lives near Chicago, Illinois. He emailed me asking about it, and I told him I didn't know what it was, but it was purely awesome. It was a beautiful orange light hovering in the rocks. It was amazing, and it went national. So a shorter story, but yeah, still nonetheless very interesting. An orange light hovering in the sky. What was it? I myself have seen things in the sky that I simply could not, and maybe a part of me did not, want to identify it. Unidentified flying objects. UFOs. Not gonna lie, getting chills just thinking of it. Next is my sweet friend Angie. Throughout the years, we have been through a lot together and have grown close. She's one of my closest friends, and she's actually been on a couple times, including with the Phantom Smell episode. We've worked at haunted locations together and have investigated together in the past and will in the future as well. This encounter takes place at a haunted hotel in New Mexico. Angie investigates here and she shares some of that investigation now. It's called the St. James Hotel and it's in Cimarron, New Mexico. Ghost Adventures did a show over there and other shows have also. Anyway, it's supposed to be one of the top most haunted hotels in the United States. They have room 18 that is padlocked shut and they refuse to let anyone in there. And if they do, they must sign a waiver, apparently. We stayed across the hall from 18. We stayed in the Mary Lambert room. 
we could hear steps coming down the hall and we were the only ones upstairs in room 18 they had a gambler that was shot in the back entering his room and he died right there on the threshold of the doorway going back into his room so they say that room is occupied and they just leave it as occupied they have a don't disturb sign on the door he's like the resident spirit i think his name is tj When my husband and I first got there, they said we were the only ones upstairs. So they have these old photos and newspapers hanging on the walls, and we were looking at them. Pretty much the whole upstairs was left untouched. It still looks the same, like it did back then. So we went looking around. There was a communal bathroom up there because some of the rooms still didn't have toilets. So anyway, the toilet in there sounded like it was running. So I went in there and I kind of jiggled the handle. And when I came out, I was looking at some of the artwork and I heard, thank you, which I thought was comical. Thank you. My husband was around the corner, so I walked a few steps and looked and he was down at the end of the hall. It was kind of funny. So after I got home, I watched the Ghost Adventures episode. When they were there, we had recorded that episode earlier. They also got an EVP of a voice saying, thank you. I had a disembodied voice saying it to me. Then I had an EVP from there. I sat outside of our door and I was talking to TJ. I got an EVP saying, come here. Then I got an EVP in our room before falling asleep and it was really like, kind of like a loud scream. Help me! It's a really good place to go to. A lot of people had experiences there. They have 23 bullet holes in the ceiling in the bar. Wyatt Earp and his family have stayed there before while on their way to Tombstone. Doc Holliday and Jesse James, all the notorious people, have stayed there too. I almost forgot to mention this. My husband, he got very ill when we went to Cimarron at the hotel. He started to kind of make fun of TJ the spirit. He walked by his room and said something sarcastic. After that, he was quite ill the whole time we were there. About 20 minutes after leaving, he felt much better. So, now, he believes Now he knows you cannot talk to the spirits like that. You can't disrespect them. This is real. Ah, yes, you gotta love those haunted hotels. I've stayed at several throughout the years and even living at one while working there. The Windsor, staying at the Tutwiler, and many others. Many stay at these places for a night to sleep and sometimes wake up and leave screaming. People like Angie and me sleep. What the hell was that? Never heard of it. We go for the thrills, for the scares, for the spirits, for the history, for results. And most of the time, that's exactly what we get. This is just a handful of incidents shared with me. I told you each would be different and unique. I hope you enjoyed hearing them as much as I did. Do you have a strange tale, an encounter, a bizarre investigation, or a chilling experience with the supernatural, the unknown, the unexplained, and the paranormal? Something you just can't explain? Tell me all about it. I would love to hear about it, and I'd love to share it on here as an episode. Want to be on here yourself and share your encounter? Let's do it. Too shy? Want to be anonymous? That's okay, too. Been there, done that. Write your story down, and I could read it myself for you. Email me now, folks, at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. Super looking forward to it. Did you enjoy this week's episode? 
Listen to the others, folks. They are equally phenomenal. Haven't heard every single episode yet? No need to cry, my friends. You can binge listen now. Just go to any podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, CastBox, Podcast Republic, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, Spotify. You guys, basically, wherever you hear your other fantastic podcast, I'm sure you'll find Paranormal Prowlers Podcast there as well. See you next week. Take it away, Bobby. His daddy died when he was eight years old. He had a hard time with that. His mama did the best she could, but he stayed out on the run. <laughs>